Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast. Uh, welcome back to Owner's Stories. Um, if you haven't been here before, this is Tuesday's episode, and Tuesday's episode is all about uh, the Porsche owners around the world that want to share their story and share their their passion with you guys, the listeners. So today we're up to um, number sixty two. Uh, and I'm going to be joined very, very shortly. I'm not going to ramble on too much in the beginning because I'm running late. But we're going to be joined by Tony. Uh, I think Tony's in the New Jersey area. Tony was recommended me, recommended to me by another person, another uh, owner who's been on Owner Stories, which is Rich at Carrera Licious. Uh, so we're going to have a chat to Tony. We're going to find out about his his cars, his Porsche journey, uh, and a few other things he does on the side, which seem to be very, uh, very popular. Anyway, let me get Tony. Let me get Tony through Zoom, and let's start talking about his Porsche cooled owner's story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner's Stories. As I said in the intro before uh, Tony joined me, this is episode number sixty-two of the Owner's Stories series. And today, I'd like you to welcome uh, Tony to the episode. Hi, Tony. Thanks for joining me this morning or this afternoon. A pleasure to be with you. So you're from. Let's just set the background for the listeners. Let's start with the background first. You're from the New Jersey area, so you're a friend of uh, Rich, who's been on uh, Owner Stories before, correct? Yes, he uh, he uh, suggested that we get in touch, and obviously we we did that rather quickly. We did do it quickly, actually. Considering I'm very slow in uh, getting back to people, we actually organised this <laughs> in uh, in limited time. I had a good conversation with Rich. It seems like there's a really good car culture in in that region. There's a really good, like, strong car culture. And I know you're involved in it quite deeply, which I want to talk about it with, you you know, when we get into your story with the Cars and Cafe um, event that you do. Um, So we'll talk about that. But before we get into that, uh, Tony, we always like to start the podcast. I'm going to get straight into it because I think we've got a full hour of talking about your story. So let's get straight into it. Porsche, is it something that, that you've always wanted is it something that you you notice when you're a kid or is it something or is it one of those things like me where it happened a little bit later in life and then i started thinking hey i really want one of those how did it all start when you started noticing uh porsches or 911s uh it would definitely be the latter um i did not grow up in a car family i did not grow up in a porsche family um i was kind of the lone lone soldier so to speak um the story goes, my mother always told me that I was into airplanes, trains, trucks, the whole nine yards as a kid. Um, I eventually discovered cars, but to be brutally honest, Porsches didn't pique my interest until a little bit later on. And I would say, like, we're talking teens, we're not talking yesterday. Uh, the car that blew my mind was the Carrera GT. And yes. when that car came out, I mean, the whole world noticed, obviously. And I mean, I, I had the one eight. I still have it, the one eighteen scale Carrera GT, and you know that car blew my mind. I had it on the video games and all that stuff. But even so, it really took for me. I was a Corvette guy growing up. I, I still have my my first my first Corvette. But oh, okay. A friend of mine, a good friend. I told you about him before we recorded. Um, we were at lunch one day. The three of us all had our vets, and he said to me, "He's like Tony, you don't get how special these cars are. These Porsches are. You have to experience it." So he's like, "Give me half an hour. I'm gonna drop off the vet. I'm gonna bring my car. His car was the Arena Red 993 Turbo. Okay, and it had a Fab Speed exhaust. The car was incredible. I was hooked in five minutes. The car sounded great. It felt great. I didn't drive it. I just rode in it that day, but I was." absolutely hooked it was insane i mean we were just on the highway it it wasn't a racetrack or anything but i'm telling you that day it's like someone flipped a switch and it's and i i had to have a porsche from that moment on and maybe a year later i bought the 993 and the rest is history yeah so getting the taste of that 993 turbo you're starting it right at the top aren't you you're starting at the (laughs) one that the one that everyone is searching after whether it be the black one, but the rear red is 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 the is the poster color, isn't it? It's it's the launch color. It's the it's the special one. Um, I don't know what sort of price they're selling for in the US the nine nine three turbos, but here in Australia they're they they must be at five hundred thousand Australian dollars easy now, four to five hundred thousand Australian dollars. So they're they're very very collectible. Makes it a relative bargain here. I think we ended up in we geez. I think the US got one or two thousand imported total and of those you figure maybe half of them are still in good shape that's what i've been told by owners so they're 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 mid to high one hundred thousand range right now 150 you buy a pretty decent one right now okay that's quite good that's not bad actually uh, it's, it's, it's on my list it's on your it's on list, list. <laughs> we like a the long list. list but it's definitely high up there 
we like to have that Porsche list alive. We like to have those ones that we're always searching out, that's for sure. Um, everyone that's been on Otis Stories and all the listeners that reach out to me, everyone's got their list where they just can't <coughs> stop looking. You only have to have your, your new or used 911 in your driveway in your garage for, for a short time and you're still looking for something else to, to add to it, aren't you? That's, that's the problem. That's our passion. It's a disease, but it's a good disease. So let's, let's talk about then. So you said to me, you know, the, the journey to the 911, right? The journey to that 993. Um, was there any other cars in there before the 993 that you want to mention to the listeners that were a, a memorable car that kind of still you think about today and thought that what and think about it today and think that wasn't such a bad car? There's several. Um, I, I I won't I won't um, beat around the bush. I was certainly spoiled where I grew up in terms of there's always been. Like a, a good friend of mine, his dad had a Lamborghini Diablo and Countach, and oh, really? he's actually a huge, huge Porsche collector. He owns several roof cars and things like that. Um, and he's a big part of why I ended up becoming a, quite a Porsche guy myself. But um, yeah, I, I, I grew up a Corvette guy. Um, I, like I said, I still have my 94 Corvette and I, I love it. So it's, it's a fun car for, especially for the money. But um what for me it was what that was at the time 993s were still relatively attainable they had started to go up a bit when i bought mine but once i rode in the turbo that was it i had to have one i, I was kind of cross shopping in nsx like a mid-90s nsx okay. i've always loved 90s cars grew up with them but it it wasn't really close at the time it had to be a 993 so the Corvette is the memorable car, though, isn't it? That's the one you've kept. That's the one that you're never going to get rid of, almost. That's, that's the start of the car journey. How many people get to say they get to keep their first car? How many people exactly. want to keep their first car? Exactly. Let's, let's, you know, so I have the opportunity to, to do it. It's, it's in storage. It barely ever comes out, but it's there, you know? How long have you owned that car for, Tony? Um, we're closing in on 10 years with it already. Okay. Great, great. So you start, okay, so you know you want the 993. You're in the turbo. You're in the in red turbo of your friends. You know you're going to find, you know you're going to buy one. So how do you start looking? Do you, you start looking at dealers? You start looking privately? Is there someone that you may know that has one for sale? How do you come across the, the 993 that you purchased? Well, the funny thing is, and again, as with the whole Cars and Cafe thing, which we'll talk about later, um, I, I have a decent, I have a solid list of contacts, obviously, that, that sell cars, that broker cars, and nobody really, nobody really found what I was looking for. So it's it's a very it's a very simple story. Uh, the same friend and I, about a year later, were sitting at lunch at the same restaurant. He picked me up in the turbo, and and we he's he's like he's like if you want it, just do it, do it, do it, do it. So I pulled up, you know, cars.com auto trader. I'm not joking. The very, very first car I ever saw when I started searching 95, 97, 911s was the car I bought. And I, I, I kind of saved that one and it was at a dealer. Um, and I looked at a number of other ones, even some that were not arena red. It had to be that color, obviously. Um, but it was that very first car I ended up buying to talk to them. So what Good, was your sorry. search? What was your search criteria then? You're saying you're looking for a, you're putting into the search of the cars. You're, you're looking for a 95 to 97. Did you you wanted a manual? You wanted a Tiptronic? What were the search criteria that you you put in to find the car that you've got to that you had before? I did want a manual. I, I feel like. I, I completely respect the new turbos, the GT2R, you know, all that good stuff. I they're great cars, you know. But um I think for this car, I was going to buy a rear wheel drive car. I wasn't looking at a, you know, C4S or a turbo or anything. I, I had a budget, obviously, we all do. Um, so it had to be a rear wheel drive. I just I really wanted the manual. It, it's it's such a different manual from anything else I'd experienced at that point. Um you know, it, it fundamentally teaches you a lot about driving that, that particular car and air cooled cars in general. Um, so it had to be a manual, you know, like I said, there's a budget, so it's, you know, you're not going to buy a 4,000 mile, you know, museum piece, yep. nor did I want to, but, um, it, it, I wanted a cool color. I've always wanted unique colors, paint to sample colors, if you will. And this car just checked all the boxes. It had, I don't know, 50,000 miles when I bought it. So where, where did you find the car? Where was it located when you found it? And how did you go about um, purchasing the car? It was at a, a dealer in Atlanta, Georgia, which is, um, there's quite a, quite a few well-known automotive entities down there. Um, as a matter of fact, um, Ed Bolian from Vinwick, he actually kind of helped me out with it because he had a guy uh, from a Porsche dealer that 
pre-purchased PPI'd it. So he was actually very helpful on a personal basis for that. Um, so I called the dealer. We talked. We negotiated price. He gave me the usual speech. Oh, I have five guys interested in it. <laughs> I kind of believed it because the air cool yeah. market, the 993 market really took off in a hurry at that time. So maybe, uh, you know, my negotiating skills have in- improved a bit since then. And I've gotten better deals on other cars. But um, it was one of those things there's just not a whole lot of supply at that point in, in that price range. And I, I didn't want to miss out. I'm glad I did because it was a phenomenal car. So what year was this, Tony? How long ago? This was in 97. Uh, last full year of the yep. air cool. They did the, the Y bodies and the turbo S's in 98, but this is the last full year. Yep. So the 97 was a great year, 96, 97. So what year did you buy the car though? So I would have bought it in 2015, I believe. Okay, so 2015, everyone listening knows that 2015 was probably a good time to buy a 993. Like you said, the prices were yes. a little bit low. Um, 993s now have gone absolutely crazy, 993s and 964s. Yes. Um, as we know, 964s probably took off before the 993, and then everyone realized that maybe the 993 is better. I know a lot of people in <laughs> 964s are saying, no, it's not, but a lot of people think the 993 is slightly better. So how was it when you picked up this car? Because you're not, you're not just buying a 911, you're buying an air-cooled 911, you're buying a Carrera 2, you're buying a manual, and you're buying a 993. So yep. what was that, that first drive? You know, you, you've owned the Corvette, you've experienced a Corvette. What was the, the first impressions when you got into your first 911 and started to drive it? Um, not to knock on the Corvette, but this is a really <laughs> well-engineered, well-built car. I was a little bit nervous because... I, I mean, I had a, some knowledge of the service history of it, but I was kind of like, all right, well, I don't really know much about this car, to be honest. I just, I knew I wanted it. I knew that it was a fun car given the turbo, but uh, I kind of didn't really know. I, I had done my homework on costs and things of that sort, but, you know, car got delivered to a dealer near me that I knew well. They, they took delivery for me and I went to pick it up and it, it was just like learning to drive again. It's, you know, the clutch is so much different. The, the, you know, the shifter so much different, the steering so much different. And I mean, this car is three years removed from when my Corvette was built. So they're built in around the same era, yes. but it's night and day. It's a completely different car. And that's the beauty of it. It's, it's, you know, you walk in the garage and you're like, okay, these are two very different driving experiences. But, you know, that first drive up in the, the, you know, the mountain back roads that we have here was, phenomenal i mean it was i i I remember taking the car to an open parking lot and just kind of like throwing it in a gear throwing it into a turn and lifting i'm like i have to experience what it's like (laughs) to lose it you know i I just i want to learn how to drive this car yeah so this is a very well sorted example though isn't it as you said it it, so it had a full ppi when you bought it you said that ed bolian isn't from vinwiki he actually assisted you with it so it had a full ppi it had no issues that you had to sort of rectify when you picked up the car this car never has, I mean, to, to my knowledge this day, has never leaked a drop of oil. This car was clean, um, you know, front bumper hood repainted, you know. Again, yeah. it's not a museum piece. It was a driver, but it was a nice driver. Um, <laughs> the one thing, and I'm sure some other 993 owners can attest this, because I personally know probably half a dozen owners this has happened to. The one thing I remember is um, in traffic a couple times, you'd hit the brakes and the horn goes off. It had that little ball, <laughs> that mechanism get loose in the, right. in the steering wheel. So that was annoying. You, you kind of feel like a jerk. In heavy, Jersey is pretty heavy traffic. So you're sitting in traffic on the highway and people just think you're that guy in the Porsche. But <laughs> that, was, that was rectified rather quickly. But um, yeah, it, it was a nice car. Uh, no complaints. Never gave me an issue. It was just oil changes, you know, things of that sort. So maintenance-wise, it was pretty reliable. So how was the? So what did you do to the car during your ownership? Did you add any mods to it? Are you that sort of person that likes to sort of add your mark to the car, like add things to it, whether it be an exhaust or or some kind of other mod? What did you do anything else to the car when you owned it? Don't hate me for saying this, but given how the market was going so crazy, I, I just I left it alone. I, I kind of was like, you know, this is an investment. You know, for me, that was a major purchase at the time, financially and, and otherwise. And, um, I just want to drive it, keep it, you know, keep it in good shape. And, uh, obviously it was, I want, I would, I'd love to have another one. I want to see for us a turbo, whatever, or, you know, see whatever. Um, but now I, I left that thing alone and I, I, I just, I figured you're not, I, I'm not one to 
I'm not going to beat Porsche at their own game. I mean, that car was a masterpiece as yes. every 911 I've ever driven is. And Boxster came in, et cetera. So I left it alone. I just, I love the driving experience as it is. So you don't own that car anymore, right? So you, you had the air-cooled. You've got the 2S, the Carrera 2, I should say. Um, you don't own the car anymore. What was the deciding factor, though? Was it, you just said about the prices, but obviously prices are going up on 993s. Air-cooleds are getting even more and more popular. Instagram's fueling it. Everything else <laughs> is fueling it. Was that the deciding factor when you came to the point and thought, okay, I, I think I might sell the 993, or was it something else? It was it was a lot of it was a lot of reasons. Um, space being one of them at the time, um, I, it, it was never intended to be a forever car. It was something I wanted to experience while I could, quite honestly. And you know, the, the market did well. I'm not you know, I'm not retiring on the money from that car, obviously. <laughs> but it, it was it, it was it was a nice. It, it was a good good time to sell it. Um, the car it started it was going to need some work um the brakes needed work the clutch was starting to get a little you know i i you kind of knew some things were coming around the corner with it now again whoever bought it is probably doing pretty well right now as a matter of fact i know the car went to texas after me so i'm sure whoever owns it now is you know as a matter of fact this is a funny little tangent um i kept the vin I always keep, not that I've had 30 cars yet, but I always keep right. the VINs and the mileage I put on the cars. For the record, I think I put about 3,000 miles on it in two and a half years. So three okay. driving seasons. Um, I know. It's, it should have been more. I know. That's we, okay, we though. All. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. So the car went to Texas. You sold it to someone right. in Texas. Um, so had, when you sold the 993, though, had you already started looking for your next 911 or was there something in between that you had in mind? So you made a little bit of money on the 993. What happened then? I, I kind of laid low for a little bit. Um, again, I was running and still do. Uh, Cars and Cafe was growing. I had a lot going on. So I just kind of laid low. I was driving so many friends' cars at that point. I didn't even have time to drive my own. So um, I, I knew I wanted um, I wanted to experience the 997. Um, I... I Fell in love with it a little bit later on. I actually, um, the tangent I was referring to, I actually saw, I think it was P Car Market about yeah. a year ago. They had an Arena Red on gray, manual, 993, same mileage as mine. So I looked up the VIN. It was one digit off. The car was built the really? same day in the same spec. Wow. Anyway, that's that's a little tangent. But um, no, th there was no immediate replacement for it. But I guess two years later, it took me two years, um, I actually, I, I had the chore of uh, driving a 997 for um, for a buddy of mine, and I just fell in love with that car that day. So, uh, not that it, not that these are impulse purchases or anything. No. But, uh, so let's just let's just let's just touch on the cars and cafe, and we'll come back to it at the end of the podcast as well. So the cars and cafe thing. Explain to the listeners what that's all about, and I also want to ask you the question. This is where I want to lead into it now. Is that those sort of having that sort of event and doing that sort of event, is it difficult because you see so many fantastic cars and to make a decision on one car, was that difficult for you to decide upon the next Porsche that came along? Yes and no. You, you obviously are, are um, exposed to a lot of cars, a lot of dream cars, quite honestly. But, um, and you know, you have the opportunity to experience a lot because you you know the community a lot of people like to share what they have and and some people are gracious enough to let me ride or drive their cars um i i'm kind of i kind of know what the cars i want to own are for the rest of my life all the way up to the aforementioned carrera gt <laughs> that is <laughs> that, that's that's the top of the list but anyway um yeah i i, I kind of just made up my mind at a young age the cars i want to own have barely changed since i was a teenager you know okay. I, i'm pretty i kind of know what I, I just know what i wanted and you know sometimes don't meet your heroes i've never been the lamborghini countach guy it's a great car but it's it's cool to look at but with my shoe size it's also very difficult to drive so i've always liked those driver's cars but um I so you always you've been mentioning the Carrera GT and, and obviously we all love the Carrera GT and and the prices you know you could have got them <laughs> in a bit of a bargain a few years back they've all gone crazy again. Is the Carrera GT still a better is still a, the cars on your list is that still better than the nine one eight Spider is there something about the nine one eight that 
you like less than the Carrera GT? Is it because the Carrera GT was the first and it's not hybrid? I'd actually been fortunate enough to drive both cars, the 918 okay. and the Carrera GT. Fantastic. Um, Carrera GT, a bit more spirited, to be honest. Uh, and I'm proud to say I did not stall it the first time I drove it. You just you have to train yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, not... did you get did you get strict instructions about the clutch before yes. you started driving off? Yeah. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was involved with the um, at the time the world's largest Carrera GT rally. Cars and Cafe co-hosted that a few years ago. We had 13 cars the first year. Wow. So I was fortunate enough to. Well, I rode in the car that day. I ended up driving a car later on, but um. um now that it's that's that's a that's your hero. That's the car you want to you want to meet your hero. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. GT Silver or black, black with that brown saddle color, or the GT Silver. I think the two best colors. Um, let's lead into that. Let's let's just just tell the listeners about Cars and Cafe because before we get into the next 911, because I think it's quite obvious. You know, you, you you have a lot of exposure to a lot of great cars and a lot of great Porsches. So just just tell the listeners, uh, Tony, about what Cars and Cafe is all about. Sure. So. Um the two and a half hours story brought down to a couple of minutes is that <laughs> I, I, again, I grew up a Corvette guy and I went to a couple American car shows here, there in the U S you know, our muscle car shows that, that are, that are, and they're great. And to this day, I'll, I'll, I'll go to them. They're fun, but I was never really exposed to European cars or, or any imported sports cars. Um, a trip to London as a kid kind of woke me up to that. I'm like, there's a Porsche, there's a Ferrari, there's an Aston Martin. Yeah. So um, at that time, my cousin worked for a gentleman who I'm still friends with to this day. He's an amazing person. He, she's like, Tony, you got to come see, you got to come to his office one day. He has a Ferrari Enzo. And I'm like, no, no there's, there's no way. Ferrari Enzo, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, he did. There's the spoiler, he did. He had an Enzo and many other Ferraris. So he invited me over to his house one day. And he's like, listen, if you want to, if you want to see these cars, you want to be exposed to these cars you have to go to Cars and Coffee. There was a Cars and Coffee about an hour south of me. So I went to it. I'm like, why don't we have this where I live? There's plenty of cars where I live. There's, there's a huge car community where I live. Just no one, nowhere to go. So the, the funny thing is, I, I, you know, I had just graduated. I was in college and I asked the principal at my high school. I said, can I use the parking lot? I have an idea. And he's like, yeah, but you better, you better not make a mess. We better not get any complaints, noise complaints, if you will. Yep. So I realized it's a lot harder than I thought. I had six, seven cars the first day, including uh, speaking of Porsches, my, my friend's dad brought his roof RT12 that day. So that's not Fantastic. a bad car to get to your first event. Wow. Um, so anyway, long story short, a lot of work, you know, went into it. And I joined Renlist. I joined Six Speed Online. I joined all the other, you know, owners forums and met a lot of people and you know, seven cars became 20, became 40, became 100, became 1,000, became what it is today. And the events have grown organically. Uh, just this year, I launched uh, Renzeigen, which is a German Concours event. Okay. Uh, where I had about 100 German cars, 40 of them, 42 Porsches of the 100 cars. Wow. Um, 959 Carrera GT, uh, 356s, you know, eight or nine 356s, every generation 911, turbos, GT3s. So that's shot right up to the top of my list of favorite events, that and the Italian Concours I run. So do you have a regular spot where you hold the events? Is there somewhere regu a regular spot in the New Jersey area or you do different places each time? Um, now it's become various locations. Um, these concourse style events are at um, country clubs, you know, at golf courses, tennis, court, tennis clubs, things like that. You know, it's, it's upscaled quite a bit over the years. Uh, it's grown organically to where it's, it's not just the cars and coffee anymore. There are specialty curated events and, and that's kind of opened the door to some of these extraordinary collections of, yes. you know, nine, five, nines and Ferrari two, seven, fives and Lamborghini Muras, things of that sort. So it, it's grown organically. Um, and there is a vision to how keep many events, it. sorry, Tony, how many events each year do you help? Do you hold, do you hold about, about 15, 15 events in a year? So is this yeah. a full, this is a full time thing for you, or is this something you just do in your spare time as a hobby? Because a, a lot of work. Of it's a lot of work. It is. It is. Uh, but it's it's all. I always say the day it stops being fun is the day I stop doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just tell the listeners while we're on this: if you go to Tony's Instagram, Cars and Cafe, Cars and Cafe, C A W F E. Um, Go and check out Tony's Instagram. He's got so many cool photos on his uh, on his Instagram. Give him a follow and also tell him you heard his story on Porsche Cooled. 
Um, so, Tony, let's get into that. So, you, you, you're doing the events. You had the 993. You sold the 993. You, you don't have a Porsche for a little while, you said. How did the 997 come about, and why did you choose that generation? So, I alluded to it very briefly earlier, but I was, I was actually – I work in the automotive wholesale space. And again, it was a chore. I had to bring a 997 to a warehouse uh, for one of our clients. And I said to him, like, I need a plate. I need a deal. I need a license plate because I need to take this car on an extended t- joyride. And I did. And it was, I absolutely fell in love with it. The, the steering, the clutch, it, it really just felt like the perfect sports car. It really did. And I had, I had ridden in one before the, the roof collector. He actually used to daily drive one and he took me out in that car a few times. But driving, it's, you know, it's a whole other animal. So drove the 997 back to the warehouse. He's like, you're done already? I thought you'd be out for uh, a lot longer than you were. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to buy one. I have to have one now. So that process took about eight, nine months to find the car I ended up buying, which is um, Carmona Red, uh, six-speed manual C2S. Uh, I, I, like I said with the Arena Red, I always wanted a cool color. Nothing against silver, nothing against any color. But I wanted, I guess at the time it was a paint-to-sample color, or, or if anything, it was just rare. Yes, and, and before we started recording, I mentioned to you that I, I have had someone on Owner Stories, and they're probably listening, like bashing their head against the, the computer listening to me, but I know someone had come on a red, um, and I'm trying to think who it is. And it was, it was one of those rare colors, because it sounds like carmine, doesn't it? But it's not carmine. As you said, carmine is completely different. And it's a very rare color in a 997. I mean, I don't think I've seen any, I don't think I've seen any 997s in Kamona Red. I mean, I had to look it up at the time and I know the color and I can see the color of your car in the background. And it's very similar to Arena Red, isn't it? It's a similar color. Um, So that kind of makes sense that you've had the 993. So with the 997 though, you know, air-cooled has the following. Air-cooled is, you know, what everyone is searching for. Even a lot of people have water-cooled want to go and get an air-cooled if they could afford it. We know that a lot of people are entering the Porsche space with 996s because of the price of 996s being quite low. Um, when I bought my 997, it was because the 997s had, you know, dipped quite a lot. I've got a 997.1 Carrera. Um, were you concerned when you started looking for 997s with the mechanical side of it without mentioning that you know the dreaded three letters but the ims and certain <laughs> things were you worried about that as a as a buyer prop- buying proposition that it was going to be a car you might have more issues with than the 993 yes and no uh people were you know everybody tries to scare you that air cool all air cool 911s do is leak 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 oil and they're they're you know there's a you know what it is the bottom line is if you any i believe that anything you maintain you know, you're, you're going to be okay. I, I understand that some cars are, are notoriously, you know, a little bit more high maintenance than others. And I'm being kind. I know there's cars that have stories, but yeah, I, I was a little bit weary of this because I, I had heard some of the, I heard the same stories you've heard. I'm on Renlist. I, I probably researched too much. Yeah. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, whatever car I buy, I'm going to have to throw five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 into it and get that certain thing fixed. But this car kind of, it was the perfect car to buy. It was a private private sale. The car was a driver and it, the owner kind of neglected it, to be honest. The bumper was scratched up and it had a ding in the quarter panel and the interior was a little tired and, you know, the, the, the fog lights were, pardon the pun, fogged. So right. the car needed some love. Um, so I didn't buy it again. It wasn't a museum piece. It was never supposed to be. I think I bought it with 54,000 miles. So private guy in Naples, Florida, it is a February 05 build. So it has the larger bearing, which okay. I'm told is a good thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's the only, 05 was the only year that Carmona was offered on the 997. To my knowledge, there may be a couple painted samples in 06. But um, so the right color, the right bearing, yep. it's, the, it's got the sport chrono package. It's had everything I wanted. Okay. Tan interior, manual. You know, mechanically, again, I PPI'd it. Mechanically, the car checks out. Um, so let's just stop there. When you went, when you did the PPI, I mean, we always know the PPI story. When you get a PPI done, you get the list. Even though things are normally okay, you still get all these little tiny things that you have to sort of not get too worried about and look over and see if it's going to impact you, you know, for the purchase. Were there a lot of little things that appeared on the PPI? Just cosmetic, really. Uh, I remember him telling me that there were, you know, the bumper was scratched. And I'll be honest, when I got the car, I was like, 
that's a lot more than a scratch. Like that, that bumper was, <laughs> and the owner was very transparent with me. He told me that his wife backed into it, you know, leaving the right. garage. Right. Uh, and you know, they said there were a couple small things and the interior was had a little wear. It's, it was a little more than a little wear, but you know, so, um, you know, it was mostly cosmetic. Mostly cosmetic. Okay. So were you were looking, you were definitely looking for a Carrera S you weren't looking for uh, just a base Carrera. It was a Carrera S that you wanted. You wanted the slightly more power. I did. Uh, I had the the base model 993, so I figured, you know, let's let's. I've never owned a fast car, so I'm like, you know, let's take a little extra horsepower. Really wanted a sport exhaust, but unfortunately, they didn't make that in 05, and I ended up going with the color over the sport exhaust. But okay, I do. I, I've driven the 7s, the 997.1s, with the sport exhaust. It is night and day different. It's special. It is special. It is special. And when I first bought my uh, 997 Carrera, it didn't it doesn't have a sports exhaust either. Um, and I remember, and I've said this story many times before, and people have heard it before, but it still sounded iconic Porsche. It still sounded iconic 911, you know, how you think a Porsche to sound. But after a couple of weeks, I, I realized it wasn't <laughs> loud enough for me. It was a bit soft. Um, yes. So I did the Fister mod. Are you, have you done an exhaust mod on your 997, or is that, or you still want to keep this stock like your 993? It's, it hasn't happened yet, but I have a feeling it probably will. Because this is this is not a car I have any. I, I have no intention of uh, getting rid of this car. If anything, I would add. But um, no, it, it's bone stock. Um, I've I've put a geez, I think about eight nine thousand miles on this one. So I've driven this one a lot more. Wow, it's a lot. Um, but uh, no, it, it is it is bone stock. Um, but yeah, it, it needs to be a little louder. It, the, to your point, though, you made it. You just made a good point. One of many good points. It, it still has that special 911 feel to it. And the way the way I always describe it to people who, friends of mine who have absolutely no experience with Porsches, or maybe you're air-cooled guys, whatever, hmm. this feels like an evolution of the 993 and the 964 and et cetera. The new cars are phenomenal, but it's like they, they feel like new cars. The 997 still feels like an evolution of the air-cooled cars. It has that visceral, special feel to it. I know it's a cliche, and I know the 997 is that, – that's a car that's a pre – the 997s have almost doubled in value since I've owned mine. <laughs> yes, so they have. That was another good buy. Yeah, same same for mine. I mean, my insurance <laughs> just went up by a lot of money, actually. I just got yep. my car revalued, and it's crazy. It went up by 50% from what it was insured for before, so that's crazy. But – I think you're right. I mean, I haven't, and I don't know whether you know my full story, but I haven't been, I've only just come back to Sydney after two years. Um, so I've only just driven my car again. My car's been, you know, stored. And it's it's amazing how quickly you forget how good it is, the 997 is. You know what I mean? And I have been in friends' 997s in the UK uh, and other Porsches when I've been away. But getting back into your own car and feeling it, it really does come home that this is a really special car. And I think it's quite interesting what you just said, Tony. You said this is a car you don't want to let go of, but you let go of the 993. Why would you not let go of the 997? That's a great question because I adore the 993. And I really, I would love to bring one. I would love to have both cars side by side. Everyone I tell by all my friends, I've taught. I wish I could open the garage and have those two cars together. And, you know, that's something that hopefully will happen down the road. But the 993 was, I kind of bought it knowing it was an investment, which is kind of like car guys don't like to hear that but let's be <laughs> let's be honest let's i'd rather own an investment 993 than have no 993 at all right so yeah, true you know so i, I kind of did baby that, that car a little bit with the mile you know I, when i drove it i drove it hard don't get me wrong and this car i do too but this car was my it's not a daily driver not even close but it, it was meant to be driven i don't care how many miles this thing might end up with a hundred thousand miles i don't know it very well might but as you said, you want to get another 993, right? You want to get a C4S or you want to get that that turbo, that that pinnacle of the turbo. So that will come along. But what is – someone who's listening to the podcast and a lot of people, you know, there's quite a few listeners that don't have Porsches yet, right, that listen to the podcast and, and reach out to me and say, look, we're, I'm looking and, you know, you've been really helpful with 996s and, and the fact that you own a 997. If someone's looking and they have the money, they have – that little bit more money and they can stretch to an air-cooled 993 or a 997 Carrera S. Which way would you say to go for your first Porsche? Do you think they should go air-cooled or you think they should go 997? I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to that. I think you really have to just, if you're lucky enough to be able to drive both cars, drive it, see what you like best. 
and buy the best car you can afford. And when I say afford, I mean really afford. I don't mean put half it down and or, or put a you know yeah a five, you know reverse mortgage your house and sell a kidney. <laughs> I mean buy buy the best car you can afford. And and you know I have a friend who's he's I always call him the Boxster guy, the Cayman guy. Like he he loves the 911s, but he's the Cayman guy. He wants he had a 986, 987 now. And, and that, that's what he loves. And they're phenomenal cars, mid-engine platform, obviously. I'm a 911 guy. I, I just adore the way they drive. They're, they have a very unique, very unique characteristics, as we, you and I know, and many of, uh, many of the listeners know. So there's no right or wrong answer. 993, 964, 996, 997. Just do your homework. Don't, don't get in over your head on, on something you don't know. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've been in 993s, and, and Steve, the co-host of this podcast, he he owned a 993. Um, and the thing about, and the 993, and you know, I've been in, when I've taken my car into Autohouse Hamilton, the Porsche specialist here in Sydney, where I get my car done, you know, I've been driven back, you know, to where, to, to the train station in a 993 and things like that. But the 993, there is, there is that point of difference though, isn't there? Which you, which you do notice when you get into a 997. The 993 just has that different smell. There is something about the the smell of a nine nine three. Now I don't know what a roof smells like or a Carrera GT <laughs> smells like, but to the you know the nine nine three does seem to have that iconic smell, doesn't it? It's the the petrol, the leather. It just smells completely different to the nine nine seven when you're sitting in the cabin. It's a very intimate experience, is what I would say, and it's it's kind of like I don't want to say nostalgic because the car's only you know only i mean some people would say it's already right it's almost 25 years old which is kind of amazing to think about that but the 993 still has that linkage to the not the 60 70s 911s so yeah it it is special and if that's what you want then you're gonna you're gonna like the air-cooled car better the 964 the 993 the 997 to me still feels special still feels visceral but it's modern enough where you could daily drive it and it's it's such a docile car when you want to just cruise on the hot. I've driven my 997 from Miami to Jersey. It's 1,100 miles. Wow. I've done that road trip. Actually, during the when COVID first hit, my car was down at my the 959 owner. It was, it was at his building in Florida. It was being stored there. And my plan was to go to Florida and drive it down there and then come back up. But when COVID hit, my girlfriend and I rented a car, drove down, picked up the 997, drove it home. You know, we, we stopped in... Miami, we had we did photo ops in Miami with it, photo ops in Washington D.C. with it. That was an incredible road trip. Um, that's a great yeah, thing you, you to can, do, isn't it? Great way to experience your car, that's for sure. Great way to experience it. Really, your it it's kind of full circle because when I bought the nine nine three, I bought it in Atlanta, and I didn't drive it home. I, when I bought the seven, I, I I went to Florida to pick it up, but I left it. You know, a hundred, a couple hundred miles, I drove it, and I left it there, and then I shipped it home. So it's it's very fulfilling. I highly recommend. It's such a great road trip car. I know several people who have 997s in this area, in the New York City, New Jersey area. And some drive hundreds of miles a week. And I think I've taken my car to 14 U.S. states in the last year. Wow. It's it's an, a great road trip car. Just make sure you don't – just make sure your frunk opens. I had that break on me. That's never fun. Did you? That's got that emergency release, though, hasn't it, on the inside? I, I'm not quite sure how to open the frunk if it doesn't open, though. I know it's, in the, ma- it's it, in the manual somewhere. Someone told me you have to pop open one of the headlights and there's an emergency. Something like that. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is. I yeah. haven't quite had to resort to that yet, but you, you kind of learn the the little tricks of these cars. Like the 993 had the immobilizer that everybody hates. Yes, yes. That that almost stranded me in the mountains once, but really? luckily got the car running. So what about what about reliability then? You say you've been driving the 997 a lot. You've done road trips in it. You, you're putting the miles on it. You're not scared to put the miles on it. You want to enjoy it. Have uh, have any major things come up since you've owned it that you've had to um, get fixed? <laughs> this this summer was the first time I actually had any uh, major issues with it. I had um, the suspension needed quite a bit of work this year, um, right. and I kind of knew it was coming. But so I lost the car for a month during the summer. Then I got the car back. I actually was taking it to one of my own events. I, ha- I, hus- I had an event on like a Thursday night at a restaurant. And driving it home, it just – and I kind of knew when I drove it over there that the car didn't feel right. So I'm like, let me just get this home. It didn't make it home. The alternator fried everything, you know, fried the belts, fried the battery. Oh, really? No steering. So the car just died on the side of the road. And I was like three blocks from home. I couldn't – the car didn't steer, so I couldn't even push it. So it died. Is that, and a, then, uh, is that a common thing? I haven't heard about that. Is that common? 
I don't think so. I mean, I, the car gets gets driven regularly. I have battery tender for it, so it's not like I you know deprive the car of its power. But you know, it happens. I, I think it's a fluke. You know, a couple little things that come up this year. Yeah, and I've been I've been talking about that on the on the Friday's episode of the podcast because you know I haven't been with my car for two years. And I've actually just been saying how I think the 997 is a lot more bulletproof than, than I've given it credit for. Um, you know, my car's been sitting, it's been started, but it's been sitting. And the things that had to be fixed, Tony, are pretty much just general maintenance items that, that would happen anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's not necessarily from it sitting there. It's just things like the, you know, the bump stops have to be replaced. You know, the engine mounts have gone because it's a 16-year-old car or the transmission mounts had to be changed. So all those sort of things, which... Like you said, if you keep on top of the maintenance and you don't neglect the maintenance and you do it, um, it's a really reliable 911, don't you think? I would definitely agree with that. Um, I, I, you know, my, my friends have kind of started to make fun of the car a little bit this year, but at the end of the day, it's like I said, every you know, my my Corvette's had its issues. Every car has its issues, and I, I for for how I use the car, because I like like you and I, you know, we've talked about how much we drive these cars. A lot of people. Their cars have double the mileage mine has, or triple the mileage. And my my Cayman Boxster friend, his nine eight six blasted two hundred and ten thousand miles you wow. know, on the original engine. Wow! So he dailyed it for four or five years. They're 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 fairly bulletproof. I know everybody hears about that that problem with a certain bearing, but you know, there's so many of these cars out there. You're going to have issues. It's I don't think it's you know I think they're phenomenal cars in general. Yeah, and as they say, when you get to high mileage anyway, you, you're probably pretty safe that, well, touch wood that nothing's going to happen, right? It's sort of, you know, these they say the IMS, if it's a, not a very well-driven car or highly mile, high mileage car, you're going to have issues with it. I mean, my car's not very high mileage. My car's only quite low. Um, Kilometre-wise, it's only like 53,000. So it's about, I don't know, is that 35,000 miles, something like that. Probably give less. or take, yeah. Yeah, give or take. So it's not very high. So what's next then? So you've got the you've got the nine nine seven Carrera S. You're enjoying that. You're driving it a lot. You're taking it to your cars and cafe event. You don't pull the Corvette out to take you to your cars and cafe event. It comes out once twice a year. Uh, I actually I actually had both cars at my season finale this year. So it comes oh, out now and then. They it really it, it they they look cool together. The Corvette is Admiral Blue, so it's a very rich blue. So right. it, it complements the Carmona Red very nicely, if I may say so. Fantastic. So you say you've been driving a lot of, you know, you've had the opportunity to drive a lot of 911s, a lot of Porsches, the Roof, the, the Carrera GT, the 918 Spider because of the, because of Cars and Cafe. What is one of those cars that you've driven that you, that you keep thinking about that you think that was really, really special? Is it the Carrera GT or is there something else as well? Well, the Carrera GT, of course. I mean, obviously, that car with a seven-figure price tag is—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's coming. It's—it's it's just going to be a little bit more uh, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears, but yes. it, it, it'll happen. But the uh, the nine nine seven GT three, uh, the RS in particular, is the car that I got to—I actually got to experience that car on track and on the road. Wow! Um, close friend of mine, you know, again, very lucky to have people in, in my life that are for, that will let me drive their cars. But um, the 997 GT3 is an extremely special car. I, and the 4.0 might be the greatest sports car of all time, some would say. So that's the same DNA. It's it's the same, well, 3.8 versus the 4.0. But it's a phenomenal engine. It's a phenomenal transmission. Uh, it's got a, quite a bit of power. You know, you know, 500 horsepower in a 911 is kind of yeah. like 600 horsepower in anything else. You know, I mean, you're not losing a whole lot of power from crank to wheel, so... Yes. That's a special car. Which one did you drive, Tony? The 3.8 or the 4.0? Uh, 3.8. 997.2 GT3 RS. Yeah, it's a great car. It's a really nice car. That's that's the one on my list, that's for sure. Uh, especially in the yeah. gr- in the gray with the red wheels. That's the color that's, I like. That's, 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 that's the yeah. color combination, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people like, I know there was someone on YouTube, TGE's just bought that white with the gold, but you need that car in the, in the, in the strong colors, you know. Even the black with the red wheels looks fantastic. But the gray my with favorite... The gr- there were two local 3.8 RSs that I don't think either one are still around. One was Guards Red Stripe Delete, a graphics delete, I should oh, say. Okay. Yes. That was pretty cool. And then there's the, um, there was a an aqua blue with silver accents. Oh, uh, right. That gentleman, I believe he had a Carrera GT also. Fun fact. So that was a, that was an extremely cool color in my opinion. I like blue cars. I like uh, I like the burgundy. I like the blue. So I would have. 
That's a pretty nice. That's a pretty nice two car combination, though, isn't it? The Carrera GT and the 997 um, GT3 GT3 RS. That's a that's a pretty nice two car combo. I think there. That's for sure. My dream, the dream garage, and I, I could just check off the box and say I'm happy at this point. 993 Turbo Carrera GT 997 GT3 RS. So the 911R is not on your list. That's not a car that comes into your into your list because it is a pretty special car, right? Um, and you know, the price has dipped a bit, but now they're going up. So <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mention that, and I'm not trying to brag, but another car I've been fortunate enough to experience firsthand. It's that car is special, and and so is the new GT. I, I can't say 992 GT3 yet, but. 991.2 stick GT3 is an unbelievable car. Yes. Um, I, I think the rev matching, auto rev matching makes it a little too easy to drive. But anyway, that's beside the point. 911R is a special, special car. It, it, again, it still kind of feels like that old school visceral. It's not the same clutch. It's not the same steering that the 7 has, the 997. But it is a very special car. And one more that just kind of makes me think of it. Another special car that I haven't driven it yet, but I've ridden in it, and it is an extraordinary experience, is the Singer. Ah, yes, yes. The Singer is... I've never seen one, though. I've never actually seen one. Singer's uh, Singer's launched here. I think some people are starting to order Singer's in Australia. Um, I've never had the... Actually, no, I did see one. I saw one in London. I saw one in London, actually. I lie. It was a blue one, Um, which is a beautiful-looking car. Yes, what and about the Gunther Works? Even, you think the Gunther Works is is as good as a singer, or you think it's a completely different different direction? I don't I don't know much about it, but I, I have had one at one of my events, so maybe I could bug the owner for a, a go in it, if you will. So I have to get back to you on that. Maybe see, we'll uh, touch base in a couple months. See, I think you know this event you have and, and and being exposed to all these cars is fantastic, but but driving them and not being able to have your own like right now must be very difficult. I don't know. I'd find it really really difficult. I mean, I've been a, I've never driven a nine eleven R. I've seen it. I've seen a couple of nine eleven Rs very close up, and and you know when they were for sale in a dealer here in Sydney, and um, you know prices at that point, I think they were asking a million Australian dollars for it. Then they dipped down to about yep. five seven five, and I think now they're they're just there's none on the market they're just gone because once they dipped to that price everyone knew it was it was pretty much the bottom but i think it's a fantastic car but it's like that comparison isn't it tony and i spoke to someone about this in in this week's owner's story uh this week's owner's stories actually who's got a gt3 touring i remember hearing cam ingram saying about how he's got the um from the ingram collection who's got the gt3 uh touring and is it, is it the same as the 911R? Because obviously his family have a 911R. And he said, no, it's not. The 911R is better. You know what I mean? But it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the GT3 Touring. The GT3 Touring is still a fantastic car. And I think that's what we, you know, as Porsche enthusiasts and, and you know, Porsche, and passionate about Porsche, we have to realize each car is special. You know what I mean? Yes. They're special for a different reason. And it might not be the 911R, but the GT3 Touring is still a fantastic car, don't you think? Absolutely, a hundred percent. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of the photographers I see, you know, they're like, oh, I have to have a GT3 RS. Yeah, that's great. That sounds great on paper, but learn to drive on a, a 996 or a 997 or a 986 or a 987. If you can drive that car at nine tenths, ten tenths. Then maybe, you know, I, I hate this. I don't want to judge anyone's driving skills. It's not my place to. I'm not. Yeah. The 997 is a better car than I am a driver. Let's just put it that way. I, I, I could drive the car six, seven tenths, but that car is very capable. So I, I don't know. I think people kind of get so crazed with, oh, it has to be a GT3. You know what's a great car? The 911 GTS. That's a phenomenal car. Yeah, it you is. get in that car and, you know, it's very capable. The 911T, right? That's a great car too. Absolutely. And that's like that other comparison, isn't it? The, you know, the, the Carrera, 911 Carrera T to the GT3 Touring. You know, sure, the GT3 Touring is better, but you can't take away from how great that 911 Carrera T is and how under the radar exactly. it was, Tony. How people yep. didn't really get it, and now you look at the prices in, and I'm only talking UK or and Australia here, but all of a sudden the demand and and the stock availability of that car is just drying up, especially if it's manual, especially if it doesn't have the privacy glass and you still got the lightweight glass. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't have a sunroof, if all those <laughs> things are there, those cars are very, they're very hard to find a good one. Very hard to find one actually in in general. I just hope Porsche builds as many. Uh, you know, visceral, manual. I know the GT4 RS is a manual, but even that car, 
I hope they build every single sports car they can build while we're still allowed to have gas engines because once they're done, we're going to look back and be very thankful that we have so many cars to choose from. The problem is, though, isn't it? I mean, unless you're a collector, it's very hard to get an allocation for these cars now. And that's, that's, that's the big issue that you, you, know, you can't – if you want to buy a new one and you want to experience it, it's not so easy unless you buy one on the used market and pay a little bit of a premium. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? It is, and I, I think they're still kind of rewarding their 918 customers, and you know perhaps there's another 918 replacement down the road that you know Porsche wants to groom owners for, but you know they're still rewarding those customers. And what there were 918 of them. I mean, how many original owners are left? Who knows? But you know those are the people that are going to get the the first batch of cars. 992 GT3. There's hilariously long waiting list yes. for that car. Yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I think you're right, though. You know, you don't have to get straight into it. You know, like you said, kids and people that want to get straight into a GT3 or a GT3 RS. And a lot of owners that I've spoken to and owner stories, especially for first Porsche owners, their first 911, a lot of people, are, you know, when you first pick up your car, you're a little bit scared because you're not, you're not used to the 911. You're not used to the weight transfer. You're not used to the right. engine in the rear, right? So it actually does help you if you, just, if you do just start off on a Carrera or a Carrera S and just learn the car and learn how the car feels and, and know how to break into the corners and know how to accelerate out of the corners. It's all that basic stuff, you know. Obviously, some people have more skills than others, but most people, when they talk to me, they're saying, oh, you know, when I picked it up, I was a bit nervous because I wasn't sure how much power and if I could, you know, if I was going to lose control or whatever. And I think that's a really good point you made that, you know, you... you there's nothing wrong with a base Carrera. There's nothing wrong with that because there's still there's still so much in it with the engineering and so much in it with the weight transfer. And, you know, I always say that my 911 Carrera has, I think, enough power. Sure, you get in, I get into Steve's GT3 and it feels, you know, it's a lot faster and you go, right. oh, okay, maybe I was wrong. But it, it, <laughs> it does in most circumstances, don't you think? A Carrera or a Carrera S has enough power. Well, it- I think it's enough power for the car. I think that it's it's a very well balanced car. And again, it's it's straight line speed is great. And and you know anyone listening who has a you know a zero to sixty car. I mean, I, I've seen some of these new Turbo S's zero to sixty in two seconds, whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I who who doesn't love that? But that's not the point of a Carrera S. That's not the point of a nine eleven in general. You know, there are nine elevens that are incredibly fast, but that's not the point of the DNA of a nine eleven. A 911 is a driver's car. It's it's a car that you could take it to the track. You could daily drive it. You can throw it around the mountain back roads. And it's like you said, it's it's learning how to drive a rear engine car. It's learning how to drive a, you know, the 993 had 285 horsepower in my car, right? The 997 hmm. is 355 or whatever it is. That yeah. that doesn't sound like much, but keep in mind, it, the power is going right to those rear wheels or, or all four wheels, depending on your car. It feels a lot faster than that. And I'm not saying it's a fast car by modern day definition, but it, it, it's got a, the right amount of power for, for what it is. Yeah, it's a great balance. Like you said, it's a very good balance. And that's, that's what's important, I think. So what's happening with, uh, what's happening with Cars and Cafe? Are there more, are there, it's winter in the US, so I guess there's no events happening until it, the weather clears up? Yeah, it's it's the busy off season. I like to say it's it's time to plan the 2022 schedule and you know just try to make everything bigger and better than last this past year. And it's it was an extraordinary successful year. Um, you can kind of gauge that by I think there were eight different Carrera GTs that showed up this year. So wow, that alone tells you that you know I, I would say that if you have eight different owners of Carrera GTs, you know, you know they have something else in the garage, right? So. True, true. Is there any is there any events coming up in the new year that you want to tell the listeners about? If they if because we have a lot of US listeners and we have a lot of people in the New York area as well, um, or people that want to drive to one of your events, if, are they are they always in New Jersey? Is there something coming up that you want to let the listeners know about? There, the Renzigen will be back next year. If you like Porsches, you'll love that. Um, I, like I said, I believe forty two Porsches this year, mostly air cooled, but you know some of the new cars too. Every GT three was there three Carrera GTs and all that stuff. Uh, actually, four if you include the Gambala. But, <laughs> um, Gambala as well. Wow. Okay. Oh, you know. Just, <laughs> just throw one of those in. Just throw one but, in. Um, yeah, so that that's um, that's a late September, early October event. Um, if you like Italian cars, its sister event is Festival Italiano coming up in mid-May. Um, and I also launched an exhibition called uh, Cars on the Lawn, which is at a uh, Gilded Aram, um, it 
it, it, it's a mansion that looks like Hampton Court Palace right here in New Jersey. It's an extraordinary venue at the Fairleigh Dickinson University College. So um, it's a purely an exhibition, but that's another Porsche heavy event. We um, I actually got to drive the DP Motorsport 935 into the event this year, really? which was pretty cool. Wow, fantastic. So fantastic. Again, just as easy to drive as any 964. It's, really? It was an easy car to drive, but it's a lot of fun. I can tell you that. So, does, um, I didn't ask you before, actually. What about the roof? How does that feel compared to a 911? Does it still... I mean, we all know it's the, the, it is a 911 body, but how does it feel when you're in a roof? Does it feel like a completely different experience? It feels like a 911 turbo, but on steroids. Uh, right. I was in the, the RT12. I really, the owner has a couple of air-cooled cars that I really like to experience. It hasn't happened yet. He used to have a CTR2 Sport, which I think is just the most phenomenal car. Yeah, 600 is. horsepower 993. I mean, it's, it's mm. incredibly cool. We all know the Yellowbird, right? Yeah. But um, the RT12 is incredibly fast i think it has 700 horsepower it's crazy so 700 horsepower 997 what is yeah. it 06 i think is or 07 yeah crazy crazy it, it is that like <sighs> next level fast and so you know? light as well so light right power to weight ratio right but it's yep. it's bonkers fast it really is exactly hey um what else, Tony? Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? Because we're going to get into your favorite drives in a second, is how I like to end the podcast. But is there something, anything else you want to share with the listeners about, about your Porsche journey or about your, uh, your Cars and Cafe event? Well, just um, anyone in the tri-state area is welcome to, uh, welcome to reach out if you're not um, in the know already. Because they are private. I, you know, I try to keep it more of a community. So that's kind of why some of these cars come out is because they – it is a little bit more intimate than some other events and, and nothing against, I host public events too. There's nothing wrong with it, but you know, community is big for me. Um, it's like I said, I have all the, you know, a, a great group of friends with, you know, in, in the car world and, and so do a lot of people that come. It's amazing. The friendships that are formed because of this. And that's how I met Rich who that's the reason I we're talking today. And the community is international as we know, yeah, right? It's a great so, community. And Rich has got his nine, say, and Rich has got his nine nine seven as well. Yes, he, and he's. <laughs> I love. I love his color combo too, the midnight blue. But, yeah, it's uh, a great color. I, ca- cars are what bring us together. But and not to sound like a co- total cliche, but the people is the people are, are so much more important than the cars at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's great events all around the world. I mean, uh, in an earlier owner's stories, I had PJ on. Uh, PJ owns a three five six A. Uh, he hosts an event in the UK called Classics at the Clubhouse. I don't know if you've seen that. You should check out his Instagram. Um, and that's growing as well. And that's a great event. That's like an air-cooled event. You get the, the Volkswagens there and you get the Porsches there. And it's on a, a golf course lawn in uh, outside of London. So that's a pretty fantastic event anyway as well. I mean, there's lots of events around the world. And I think what you're doing is a great thing. Like you said, it brings the people together. It's about the cars, Tony. But as, we, as you just said, it's, it's bringing people together. And I think that's what Porsche does um, really, really well. Um, and the Porsche community is just a, it really is a great community and it sounds cliche, but it really is a great community. It's very eclectic too. Yes, it is. It is. It is. So let's get on. We're at the, we're getting near the end of the podcast. I like to keep these to about an hour. We always like to talk about the favorite drives. And this is one of the things that all the listeners enjoy about, you know, about the podcast as, as well as where it all started. It's like, where would you, if someone's coming to us, they're coming to New Jersey, they're coming to that region where would you say to take your 911 or your sports car if you if you want to go for a great a great drive? New York City? No, I'm kidding. You don't want to go anywhere near <laughs> New York City. Um, I'm not going to tell you because I want to keep those roads to myself. No, I'm also kidding about that. Um, there's there's a very very well known uh, drive. Any any car guy in the New York City tri-state area knows about Bear Mountain, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a mountain, and you probably see bears around it. But there are some phenomenal, phenomenal mountain roads. Um, and the cool thing about Bear Mountain is there are some high-speed roads where you can you know, really get to pretty much top. Not that we would ever do this because of speed limits, of course. We respect speed limits. Yeah, of course. But um, that goes without saying. But there are some high-speed roads. There are some extremely technical roads where you probably don't even get out of second gear much. There are some higher-speed corners and some serious hairpins and – you know, there's probably about 30, 40 miles on our side of the river. If you cross the Hudson River, which is the New York City side, the Westchester side, there's a whole nother, you know, Storm King Mountain and such. And 
on our side, there's Greenwood Lake. There, there's actually quite a bit of nice roads not that far out of New York City. Right. Um, and even western New Jersey has some nice roads. So there's very – I would say it, it stacks – you know, everybody in the U.S. talks about Tail of the Dragon in North Carolina, rightfully so. And there's some extraordinary roads in California, obviously, and I've been fortunate enough to see some of those too. Um, but I, I would say Bear Mountain would give a lot of those roads a run for their money. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that everybody around here knows about it, but you, you don't, everybody in the U S knows about Mulholland drive in California and yeah. 17 mile drive in Monterey. And, but, uh, we kind of keep Bear Mountain as our little secret. So, so that's the one, you know, my fit and again, not to completely give up the secret here, but <laughs> I actually, a couple times a year, I'll wake up early in the morning on a weekday before right. work, if you will. And there's nobody, nobody on those roads. It's the road is all yours. You just go to get a nice bagel, get a coffee and just do about an hour and a half of driving before it's, it's, it's therapy. It's yeah, nice. It's therapy. A great feeling. Great feeling. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, coming on owner's stories today. Thank you for telling everyone about your, your Porsche journey and telling everyone about uh, cars and cafe, which is the event that you, um, that you host, that you organize. Um, I just want to tell the listeners, you know, make sure you go and follow Tony on his Instagram at cars and cafe. I'll put the link in the description to this podcast as well. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Tony. All right, everyone. Uh, that's Tony coming in from the US, from the New Jersey area. Um, make sure you go and give Tony a follow. Like I said, his uh, previous car, 993 Arena Red, very, very special car. And his current car, an 05997 Carrera S Carmona. I've got to make sure I say it right, not Carmine. <laughs> Carmona, Tony. Carmona Red, very rare, uh, very special car. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Porsche School podcast. Uh, that's it for today. Bye for now. Bye for now.